year, I was blessed in a great way. I listened to him. I'm proud and glad that he has accepted the invitation to preach for us today as we go through our revival time. Amen. scripture and song in our church we've got psalms 1 1 uh, psalms 48 we've got a few psalms that we sing in church and really really nice songs um, plus it helps the folk in church to memorize scripture and so this was one of them let's read it call unto me and i will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not Okay, we'll leave it there. Let's come before the Lord. Father, we thank you that we can come before you this morning. Uh, all different people from different walks of life, but Lord, we know you as Savior, so that makes us brethren. We thank you, Lord, that you sent somebody to our place, to where we were one day with the gospel message. And we were saved as a result of believing that message. We thank you that you gave us eternal life after believing the message of the gospel and that Lord Jesus will one day come and take us to be with himself. We thank you so much for that. Lord, meet with us, we ask around your word this morning. We praise you for your goodness and ask that you would continue to speak to our hearts from the word of God this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're encouraged with that last message, amen. amen. That was a great message, Pastor. Ray. Really encouraged me. <clears throat> okay, this morning, um, Jeremiah. Jeremiah was known as a, uh, a weeping prophet. Um, the history of Jeremiah is a striking, striking example of faithfulness to God on part of the prophet. And uh, he wept as he declared the judgment of God upon the, his people and thereby earned the title of the weeping prophet. In fact, in Jeremiah 9, verse 1, it says, Oh, that my head were waters, mine eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. Uh, you know, Jeremiah, for almost 50 years, Jeremiah was the voice of God to Judah. Judah, just like the northern tribe of Israel, had gotten so far away from God that God judged them. And in Jeremiah 33, 32, 
in chapter 32 and 33, we see God's about to judge the nation, uh, sorry, the, the uh, people of Judah. He's about to judge them with Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar is coming into Judah to... Uh, Nebuchadnezzar had already come in the first time and taken a group captive. He's come back the second time because King Zedekiah has now rebelled against, against the authority. And so King Nebuchadnezzar sent his army into Jerusalem to burn Jerusalem and take captives back to Judah. And King Zedekiah was one of those that went back to Judah as a slave, as a prisoner. And so we find that Jeremiah, 50 years, he was the voice of God to Judah. And so the ministry of, Jer of the ministry God called Jeremiah to was not an easy one, right? God called him. And uh, we see, if you read the book of Jeremiah, you'll find that the government of his day hated him because he would preach the truth concerning the rebellion that Israel, that Judah, sorry, was under and the message from God to Jeremiah was to go and tell the authority of that day, Judah, that the cup was full and that God was going to now judge them. And so he suffered and was persecuted because simply of the message that he preached. That was it, the message that he preached did not go well with, with the king and those in authority in Judah. In fact, in Jeremiah 32, verse number 4, let's look at that. Jeremiah 32, and verse number 4. So Jeremiah is preaching this message to this king. Right, the cup of spoil they had sinned, and God, that was it. There was no remedy, and God was sending Nebuchadnezzar, like the Chaldeans, to Jerusalem to, to burn it down and uh, take back King Zedekiah into captivity. Now it says here in Zedekiah, verse 4, chapter 32, verse 4, And Zedekiah, king of Judah, shall not escape out of the hand of the Chaldeans, but shall surely be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon, and shall speak with him mouth to mouth, and his eyes shall behold, behold his eyes. And he shall lead Zedekiah to Babylon, and there shall he be until I visit him, saith the Lord. Though he fight with the Chaldeans, he shall not prosper. And so we see that was the kind of message, that was the message that God gave to Jeremiah, sorry, he was to come and tell this king, don't go out and fight against Babylon, against the Chaldeans. You won't prosper. In fact, just give up, right? Just go go out and just give up. And King Zedekiah didn't like that. And so for that reason, Jeremiah was put into prison. Verse number one, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, um, the 10th year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, which was the 18th year of Nebuchadnezzar. And it, and it tells us further that in verse number 2 that he was for well then the king of Babylon's army besieged Jerusalem and Jeremiah the prophet was shut up in the court of the prison 
And so he was put in prison just for simply preaching the truth that God had given him to go and speak to this King Zedekiah. And uh, I think you'd agree with me that's not an easy thing to do. Right? Uh, here's, here's King Nebuchadnezzar coming with his army, and here's Judah trying to reinforce the walls and they're breaking down their houses for wood and they're trying to reinforce their walls and then here comes Jeremiah and says that's no use, God has already proclaimed that you are going into captivity that's a waste of time and so King Zedekiah is upset about this and he puts um, Jeremiah into ward and into prison and so he suffered, he is in prison for telling the king to surrender to the Chaldeans, he was ridiculed and mocked at and so in verse 33, God comes to Jeremiah, right? And that's what we read in verse number verse number 3. God comes to Jeremiah, but in verse number 30, verse 1 of chapter 33, notice there it says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah. Now notice the second time. The second time he comes to Jeremiah, and he's still in prison. He's still shut up in prison. <laughs> while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it, to establish it, the Lord is his name. So he tells Jeremiah, I am the God that formed everything, right? And Jeremiah's understanding all this. In verse number three, he tells Jeremiah, Call unto me, and I will answer thee. So this is the second time he's come to Jeremiah. The first time he came to Jeremiah and he says, right, this is what's going to happen to King, uh, to King Zedekiah. He's going into captivity. There's nothing he can do to prolong this. Uh, it's spoken. It's going to be done. So he comes a second time, talks to Jeremiah, and he says, call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. It's, uh, I don't know, but I read this verse over and over again and I went back and read some chapters before and some chapters after. And I'm wondering what the Lord's talking about here, right? I'm saying, well, he's already come to Jeremiah. He's told him this and this and this. And now he comes a second time and he's telling Jeremiah to call unto him. Had Jeremiah stopped calling to him? Had Jeremiah stopped praying while he was in prison? Had he just stopped his devotion? And so I, I ask these questions, call unto me, and, and he says, I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So first thing I want to look at, and we're still going on this idea of prayer, because prayer is so important. We've heard that from preachers, and put good message on prayer. Pray seriously, and pray that, you know, and all, and all those points that, that we went through, that was so good. So God comes to Jeremiah in chapter 33. And you notice then with me, God's invitation to Jeremiah. Mm. He invites Jeremiah to call unto him. And I got to think about it. I said, yeah. Hey, Jeremiah stopped calling on the Lord. Why would God say, hey, pray to me, call unto me? Remember, Jeremiah has been in the ministry coming to the end of 50 years or around about that time, right? We find that God called Jeremiah while he was still in the womb. Right? And he ordained him to be a prophet to the nation, to the people of Judah. 
and he's delivering this message year after year after year. And did he have a prayer life? I'm thinking, man, what a call unto me. And so God's invitation to Jeremiah, number one, was to call unto me while in prison. And while in prison, he invites Jeremiah to this. Jeremiah, call unto me. That is to, to pray to his God. We find that in verse 1 of uh, chapter 32, God had already come to Jeremiah. And so the message again from the Lord is that Jeremiah would be burnt to the ground. In chapter 32 and verse number 29. And I will give them one heart, and, and it says here, in one way that they may fear me forever for the good of them and for their children after them. Jerusalem would be burnt to the ground. That's not the right reference. But King Zedekiah would be taken to Babylon from chapter 32, verse 4 to 5. That Judah was done because of her sin. <coughs> and God was about to judge his own people and he would use a heathen nation to come in who he calls his servants. You know, God will accomplish his will any way that he deems right. He is righteous in all his dealings. And maybe we may not understand a lot of God's dealings even within our own lives, but God uses even the Chaldeans of the day to deal with his people. And that's what he did to uh, King Zedekiah and Judah. But God's invitation to Jeremiah was to call, was to call unto me. And Judah, his sin had run over, just like Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember that story? Just like that. It says that that sin had come before God and they were right for judgment. This is exactly the same, to the same degree. That Judah was done because of sin and would be taken into captivity and God invites him to call. And I see this and I think, man, there is no place where we cannot pray to our God. No, no place. Mm -hmm. A prison house. Mm -hmm. That should not limit any of us, limit any of us from praying to our God. One day you may have to go to jail for your faith. Mm -hmm. You may have to go, but that should not limit us. Praying yep. without ceasing, Paul yep. said in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Right? Pray. God's invitation to Jeremiah. Jeremiah prayed to me. Call unto me. Call unto me. Peter, you know, remember the story, Peter in prison because of the message that he preached in Acts 12, verse number 5, it says that the people, it says, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Mm -hmm. God's invitation to, those, to that church that were gathered there was to come and to pray for Peter while Peter was in jail. And you know the rest of the story, and God opened the prison doors and and, and Peter came out and he went to meet with that early church and, and, uh, and they were having their prayer meeting. Call unto me. And you remember the story of Paul and Silas in prison in, in Acts 16 verse 24. You remember that story who having received such a charge it says thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. Talking about Paul and Silas and it says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas, what they did was they prayed. Mm -hmm. And they sung praises unto God. Mm -hmm. 
and the prisoners heard them. It's important that we understand that, that the prisoners heard them. We don't know. People might have got saved through that, right? Because mm. God intervened in a mighty way and that earthquake and all the prison doors came open. You remember that story? And from that, the Philippian jailer was saved. Mm. Right? He was saved, his household. But we're not told about this prisoners that heard them. Mm. We're not told about that. But I know that Paul was praying. We don't know what Paul was praying for, but maybe Paul will say, was praying something along these lines, and I'm just reading into it. You're probably praying, for it, Lord, let this be a testimony of your grace to these men that are listening on. Mm. And maybe they got saved by God's grace. Mm. God's invitation to Jeremiah was to call unto me. And I find that amazing because when I read the book of Jeremiah, I see a mighty prophet that God was using. And here's God telling Jeremiah, Jeremiah, you need to call unto me. And I'm thinking, man, had he stopped praying? What's happening? Had he stopped praying while God was inviting Jeremiah to pray to him? In the book of Daniel, the decree, you know the story. It's not unfamiliar to a lot of us. These are familiar stories. The decree was signed by King Darius that no one was to ask any petition. Or no one was to pray to any God or man for 30 days. And this was said of Daniel in Daniel 6 verse 10. I love Daniel too. It says here, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber towards Jerusalem. It says, He kneeled upon his knees three times a day. And the next two words is, And prayed. And prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he did aforetime. And we know the result of this, that Daniel was taken, right? It was all a plan, and it was all a plan by, by the authorities that were under Daniel, and they came and they took Daniel, and they, and you know the rest of the story, he was thrown into a lion's den, and so forth. But it says that he prayed, that he prayed. So important to pray, isn't it? it was so, so important. We understand that, and often, often the case when life is busy and and we're pushed for time, and normally what goes to the wayside is prayer. Mm. You know, let's be honest. Mm. When we woke up late, we're trying to get to work, right? And we know that we're going to be late for work. We leave prayer to the side, and we'll jump in our vehicle. We'll drive as fast as we can so we can get to work on time. Mm. It's like that for most of us. Mm. Right? It's like that for us sometimes. But notice here that Daniel, Daniel went to his he went to his house and, and uh, the Bible teaches that he prayed. And Daniel understood what was happening. Right? He understood that that decree had gone out, that no one was to pray to any God. He understood that, but he went and pray because he understood that prayer was so important to his God. And we also, Matthew 9.37, we, uh, let's turn there if we can. Matthew 9.37. And so, God's invitation to Jeremiah is to call unto me. Jeremiah, pray unto me. Seek my face. There are some things in here, Jeremiah, that you just may not understand. So, ask me. 
And that's how it is. That's how it ought to be with every single one of us. We don't understand everything God has planned. We can't understand it all. But we are to ask. We are to come and pray. God gave that same same thing to Jeremiah. He gave God's invitation to Jeremiah was to call unto me. So what we find in Matthew 9.37, the harvest, it says, then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And the next word is pray ye therefore. That's the invite there to pray. Invite there, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Right? It's because the harvest is plenteous. Because the laborers are few, the Lord says, I want to invite you to pray for laborers. Pray for laborers. The harvest truly is plenteous. And when we look at soul winning, it's a common part of scripture that we use for soul winning messages, Matthew 9, 37, 38. Jesus emphasizes there that many souls are waiting to be saved. Right? You can leave this building and go across the road with a track and your Bible. And you can show somebody from the Bible how they can come to know Christ as Savior. You can do that. You can take a track and go down, go into town and and just hand out tracks and, and maybe God will open a heart that you might be able to witness to. And God will open uh, the door for you to be able to preach the gospel unto him, right? And God will give him uh, grace and, and God will give him faith to believe the gospel message. But what Jesus says here, pray. He therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And the truth is we don't have to travel far to win souls. We don't have to travel far. We can just go outside. There are, in fact, souls yep. in, your, in your own yep. city, in your yeah. city, yep. in your town. Yep. Souls that are ready to, to, to respond to the gospel. But are we praying? Are we praying? Jeremiah, I want you to call unto me. I want you to call unto me. Number two, not only did, did we see God's invitation to Jeremiah, we see God's confirmation to Jeremiah. He replies Jeremiah. He said, I will answer thee. I will answer thee. The Lord here confirms to Jeremiah that he will answer him when he calls. Amen. God will answer when we call. He said to Jeremiah, call unto me. He says, and I'm going to let you wait. And that may be, God may do that. Right? He may have us wait. Waiting sometimes is an answer. Often case, it is an answer. You know, God doesn't answer us in our own time. You know that. He doesn't answer you and I according to our, okay, now, Lord, right now. Sometimes waiting is an answer. Okay, I understand. I just had to wait. I just had to wait. But God's confirmation to Jeremiah says, I will answer thee. Someone said this, uh, our best weapon. In the midst of a multitude of activities, we must let nothing encroach, encroach upon our prayer time. The devil will allow us to be as busy as we please 
if only he can get us prayerlessly busy. He knows he has no counter weapon against prayer. And and this believer said, keep your prayer time with all diligence. Oh man, that was so convicting when I read that because I've got to be honest. Sometimes I don't do that and I should. Sometimes maybe you don't do that and you should mm. with all yeah. diligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prayer. God says to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, call unto me. And God's confirming Jeremiah, says, I'm going to answer you, but you have to call unto me. Call unto me. <clears throat> that family member is only saved today because one day you prayed for that family member. Do you remember that? Yeah. You can cast your mind back and, and, and think, man, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed for that for that person, that family member, that brother, that sister, that cousin, that wife, that grandfather, that uncle, I prayed for them. It wasn't just once, I kept praying and I prayed and I prayed and God opened the door. God opened the door. Jeremiah, call unto me and I'm going to answer you. Different scene here with Jeremiah, but it applies in many ways to you and I. But we have to pray. We have to call. We have to pray. That wet colleague is saved and in church today because God answered your prayer. Right? We can cast our minds back and we can remember that so clearly. I prayed for that guy that I worked with. And I prayed for him. And I prayed for him. God saved him and now today he's in church. Serving God. He's in church. And so the question is, when was the last time that you prayed for somebody? When was the last time I prayed for somebody that you saved? Whether that's a family member, whether, whether that's a work colleague. When was the last time? Mm. Can we honestly say, right, I prayed for that person last week. I prayed for that person yesterday. I prayed for that person three days ago. And I'm, gonna, and I'm going to keep praying for that fam, family member mm. till... Until that person comes to know Christ as Savior. Mm. See, God's confirmation to Jeremiah. He says, Jeremiah, I'm going to answer you. I will answer thee. But you need to call. Call unto me. Call unto me, Jeremiah, and I'm going to answer thee. Third, thirdly, last of all, not only God's confirmation to Jeremiah, but God's revelation to Jeremiah. And he says here, I will show thee. I'm going to reveal to you different scenario here it's concerning israel sorry it's concerning judah and and her being take, taken captive by uh by the chaldeans different in many ways but he says to jeremiah call unto me and i'm going to answer thee and i'm going to reveal to you what's going to happen jeremiah because in chapter 32 you find that god is telling jeremiah jerusalem is done for judah is done for but they aren't done for forever because I'm going to pick them up one day and I'm going to work with them as a nation, right? They're going to be my people. The covenant that I, the covenant that I made with Israel, I'm going to keep that. They are my people and I will pick up again with them and, and I will work again with, with uh, Israel and they will be my people. 
And God says to Jeremiah, I'm going to reveal this to you. And something I find here that... Um, have a look at Jeremiah 32, verse number 35. God's revelation to Jeremiah. It kind of tells me when I read this part of Scripture that somewhere along the line, Jeremiah hasn't really got it, what's going to happen in the future. I may be wrong, but when I read, and I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not, there was something that Jeremiah didn't quite understand, that how can God, God destroy Jerusalem, take the people into captivity, and then one day bring them all together to be his people once again. Maybe it's that. But God reveals to Jeremiah, he says, I will show thee great things. I will show thee mighty things which thou knowest not. And I'm asking, what is the thing that Jeremiah doesn't know? What is it that Jeremiah doesn't know? God says, you called me, I'm going to answer thee and I'm going to show you what's about to take place. And I think with Jeremiah, because he'd been in that ministry 50 years preaching against Israel and Judah, that now it's coming to an end where, where, where Judah is done for. And, you know, the, uh, the king Nebuchadnezzar is going to come and take them captive. And now God's telling Jeremiah, in fact, Jeremiah, one day they're going to still, they're going to be my people. I'm going to come. They're put on the shelf for now. But I will come and I will gather them and they will once again be my people. Right? And God had to reveal this to Jeremiah. And the point here is that sometimes, and I said earlier that sometimes God works in these ways, ways that you and I just cannot comprehend. We can't understand how he works, but he's working. Right? He is working. You know, silence does not mean that God is not working. Mm. Right? And we think sometimes there's no noise, there's no bustling, there's none of this happening, no activity. And we think God is not working. No. God works in silence sometimes. And God doesn't reveal to us sometimes when he's working, but he's working. Mm. Right? The children of Israel, as they journeyed through, uh, uh, through, through the... Um, through the wilderness, right? They were to, um, when they got to a certain place, the pillar, the pillar of fire was a was a sign that God, that that God, uh, wants them to stop and set up camp, right? That that was their um, that was that was their, their sign. When the pillar of fire came. They were to stop, set up camp. The next morning, the pillar of cloud overshadowed the camp, and they were to get up and move. But it, but it spoke about sometimes the pillar, there was no pillar, right? There was no pillar of uh, hell, there was no pillar of fire. That just meant that God, to them, God wasn't talking. God wasn't making any noise. So what's happening here? No, God just wants you to rest and just wait. God just wants them to wait. When the pillar of cloud showed, then, okay, we're ready to move on. Right? When the pillar of cloud, when there was no pillar of cloud, just wait. Oh, well, God's not working in the boat because I can't hear him. There's no noise. There's nothing happening. No. Just wait. When the pillar of cloud shows, then God is, let's move forward. Often it's like that with us, right? 
it's like that sometimes and everything you think nothing is happening but God had to reveal to Jeremiah things that he didn't know things that he didn't know and um, we understand the Lord is going to destroy Jerusalem for their wickedness committed against them and they were ready for judgment but we know in verse 7 and Jeremiah 33 verse 7 and 8 it says and I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return and will build them as at the first and I will cleanse them from all their iniquity and this is what God's telling Jeremiah Jeremiah has already heard that God is going to destroy Jerusalem that God is going to bring Nebuchadnezzar in and take destroy the temple and everything about Jerusalem that he's going to take them captivity and there will be a remnant that are going to into Egypt and Jeremiah would be one of them and he will die there but verse 7 says or verse 8 says I will cleanse them from all their iniquity whereby they have sinned against me and I will pardon all their iniquities whereby they have sinned whereby they have transgressed against me right and Jeremiah is, I believe, sitting there and taking all this in. God, how can you now destroy this building and now you're going to pick them up and you're going to work with them? You're going to cleanse them from their iniquity. Those that sinned against you, you say that you will pardon their iniquity. God will do that one day. According to his word, he will come and do that. And I don't know, but Jeremiah, I think, is taking this in. And God says, Call out to me, I'm going to answer you, right? I will answer thee, and I will show thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And I will show thee. I'm saying this because I know that uh, often, case that to understand God's purpose and God's will can be hard sometimes. You know, we know the general God's general will, you get saved, you get baptized, right, you get plugged into a new testament church and you tithe and you do all those things. God has a specific will for each one of us. That may be totally different. God will tell you that. And God will make that known to you. But sometimes we we find hard to discern God's will. Not all the time. But God said to Jeremiah, I'm going to show you great things and mighty things which thou knowest not. How can God save my how can God save my rejecting God rejecting family member? You may not understand, but God can save me. Jeremiah said, God, you made heaven and earth. Is there anything too hard for you? How can God once again pick up Israel after her wickedness? You may not understand it till now, but God will. God will pick up with Israel one day. How can God uh, save that, uh, that, that work colleague of mine that cusses that uh, God's name out every time? Well, you may not understand it, but God will save him. God can save him. There is nothing. Mm. Brethren, nothing too hard for our God. Amen. Our part is to pray. Yeah. Jeremiah, call unto me and I'm going to, I'll answer thee. Mm. 
and I'll show you where it might be when it gets down. No, it's not. Your part and my part is to pray for that one. Hey. Pray for that family member. Don't stop. You know the story in Luke 18, verse number 1. Mm. Let's turn there and we'll be done. We'll be done. Luke 18 and verse number 1. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying for that family member, for that work colleague, for that friend of yours, that unsafe friend. Don't stop praying. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray. And notice the word, and not to faint. Not to faint. Don't give up. In other words, just keep praying. That men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was a city, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. Right? This guy was a proper heathen. He, he didn't fear God, didn't regard men, and it says, And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. Right? And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this woman troubleth me, troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. That's how we ought to pray. Mm -hmm. Just keep praying. Lord, save my wife. Lord, save my husband. Don't stop. Mm. Don't stop, just keep going. Don't faint, the Bible teaches here. And not to faint. Don't give up. There is nothing too hard for our God. Mm. Pray. Pray for that unsaved friend, that unsaved wife, that unsaved husband, daughter, son. Pray for God to open the door on their heart for you to be able to, or may not be you, it might be someone else. Mm. be able to take the Bible and show them that they're a sinner on their way to hell and the God of heaven sent Jesus his only begotten son to die cruel death, shed his blood died and buried and rose the third day for his own death and that you can be saved by believing the gospel message so we see God's we see God's invitation to Jeremiah was to call God's confirmation to Jeremiah was, I will answer thee. And then we see God's revelation to Jeremiah, and I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your word, and thank you for the privilege of prayer, that we have this privilege to come before your throne of grace and ask help in time of need. And Lord, we each here today can testify that we have somebody in our family, whether that be a mother or a brother, whatever the case is, and that we know people who are friends with us that need salvation through Christ. Lord, help us to pray, to continually lift them up before you. And Lord, help us to be the one even to be able to share the gospel with them. If not, Lord, I pray for open doors that somebody else you might send along to tell them the way to heaven is through Christ. So Lord, I pray that you challenge us with these thoughts this morning. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's all stand, bow our heads, close our eyes, go to the Lord of prayer. <coughs> God's touch your heart in any way. Respond to the message. We'll have another invitation, the latest invitation in just a few minutes. We're after the
going to come and say, what have you accomplished for me? We want to make sure we're busy and we're accomplishing for God. He invites us to call and cry out to him. Then he will call back unto us and answer and cry back to us. Then he'll give us a great mighty thing. That word mighty thing means incomprehensible in Hebrew. In Jeremiah, it was incomprehensible that Judah could be saved. Saved. And to us, it's incomprehensible that a man can be saved, that you and I can be saved. And God will do that. But we have to start with prayer. Sister Pauline will play one more verse. You do business with God.